was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. Baby. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. You like again. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Oh, beautiful. Very nice. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today we are doing episode 18 of season two, Killed by Death. Also, Killed by hallways. Yeah. Yeah. Deck the halls with dead children. One of the issues I had with this episode is normally I use the scene changes and the new setting for the scene changes to to break apart my notes. Yeah. Good luck. It's all in the fucking hospital. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's all hallways (laughs) in the fucking hospital. Hospital hallway number 8,372. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Welcome to Whiskey with Willow. With no. Welcome to Ecstasy with Xander. God no. <laughs> Opiates with Oz. <laughs> Adderall with Angel. No. Welcome to Gin with Giles. That I could get behind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cannabis with Cordelia. No thanks. I'll pass. Molly with Miss Calendar. No, she's dead. Ooh, too soon. Isn't Ecstasy and Molly the same thing? Fuck. <laughs> Good thing she's dead. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Sangria with Spike. Ooh, Xanax with Xander. Ooh. Why didn't I think of that? Because I'm better than you. I'm clearly inferior. <laughs> That's the only option. Globviously. <laughs> Welcome to Jack with Joyce. Yeah, that could work. Sure. You know, because bourbon with Joyce just doesn't have the same ring to it. No. No, and if I am going to drink bourbon, I'm, I'm going to drink Jack. I'm sure that would please Jack, too. Oh, you're drinking me! <laughs> oh, my! You know, like a blowjob. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> I, I was refraining from saying anything because I knew whether I said... No matter what I said, you were just going to interrupt me with that. <laughs> <laughs> I support your lifestyle choices, Rex. <sighs> Oh, sometimes I wonder why we're friends. <laughs> I wonder that every day. <laughs> Constantly. How about a mom synopsis? Joshua, where are you? I can't find you through all of these fucking hallways. <laughs> Marco! Polo! <laughs> Marco! Polo! Oh, I'm being murdered by an invisible thing. Could you please help me, Mother? I'm a bit busy, Joshua. I can't get this vending machine to work. If you can stop being killed on your own, you worthless, lazy piece of shit. That would be excellent. It's all right. I'll just pull myself up by my bootstraps. I got this, Mom. That just means I raised you right. (laughs) Only when it's convenient for you, Mom. Why are we lost in all of these hallways, Joshua? Well, um, there's so in today's episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffy gets sick and goes to the hospital. And because she gets this weird virus, she can see this monster that's specifically hanging out in the hospital to feed on children. But it's invisible to everybody except children with fevers. And they find it and they kill it. And it's got really, really creepy eyes. For reasons we'll describe when we get to that scene. (laughs) I don't like this episode, Joshua. Well, deal with it. (laughs) Because it's a Monster of the Week episode. We've got uh, Mr. Shoehorn Angel again as our side bad guy, Big Bad. And yeah, that's going to be our episode today. Killed by Hallways. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Hallmageddon. Welcome to the Hallmouth. (laughs) Oh, God, that one's bad. (laughs) Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. You are the one to win. You're going to hell. Uh, 
so we open up to the graveyard and Buffy is climbing over a wall, which now we know how she gets into the graveyard at night. Ah, I never wondered. Not me either. But now I know. (laughs) But she's kind of sniffly, runs into the Scooby gang, scares the bejesus out of them. Yep. Wondering why the hell Buffy is on the hunt, because apparently Buffy is sick. Xander has a vaguely funny line. My whole life flashed before my eyes. I need to get a life. (laughs) It's not often. (laughs) It's not often that I agree with Xander or that Xander speaks to my soul. (laughs) Oh, God. But me too, Xander. Xander spoke to your soul. This is a terrible episode. (laughs) Because he's like, I got to get me a life. Me too, Xander. Right? Me too. (laughs) This isn't a life, Rex. This isn't a wonderful life. You can afford this this wonderful technology. And you can put all of your things on the internet (laughs) for all of the people to see how wonderful you are. I fucking knew you were going to slip into the mom voice. I, I I couldn't stop myself. I'm ashamed of myself. But, of course, Angelus shows up. Yeah. Basically, I, I swear, he's just following Buffy around five feet behind her, waiting for her, her to say something that he can cleverly be like, Hey, look, it's me! Yeah, he had <laughs> he had excellent TV timing on that. But it wasn't until after Cordelia said to Buffy, Everybody's worried about how gross you look. Buffy's <laughs> like, I'm touched. The fight scene here between Buffy and Angel is actually awfully cut like it, it jumps around a fuck ton more than most fight scenes they usually have angel of course is winning the fight because buffy's sick yeah and the scooby gang fucking saves the day willow runs up behind him and puts a coat over his head no i think cordelia threw the coat over his head well cordy or willow one of the somebody two. throws a coat over his head but xander takes the cue and just starts Pounding on Angel right in the face. He got some solid hits in. That (laughs) was like, damn. Angel runs off for some reason and Buffy collapses. Oh, they were they were pointing crosses at him. He had to run away. Yeah. Um, And he had to deliver a cheesy line on the way. Yep. He said, guess we'll have to do this again some other time. Ha ha. Shush. Ha. He is kind of falling into the vaudevillian uh, <laughs> villain here. Play it again, Sham. Play me off. But yeah, Buffy collapses and cut even, the opening. Even while they were fighting, he was like, you know, you being sick takes all the fun out of this. Punches her in the face. Nope. Still fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to miss the old angel. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I really. Well, I mean, it's not so much that I miss the old angel so much as they had a great entrance for Angelus. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, okay, now he's simmering. He's comic book villain. He's simmering on the back burner. No, he's he's Uncle Phil Shredder. You're welcome, Fred. Oh, God. You, you We're going to get three or four messages from him over that one. You wanted your fucking Uncle <laughs> Phil Shredder? Well, you got him. And he looks like Angel. But you know what? You're not wrong. Because <laughs> he, he literally runs off. He's like, I'll get you next time, turtles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like, Angelus isn't entertaining at all when he's just the fucking side villain. Yeah. And this is at least the second time now that this has happened. Oh, yeah. At least. So, opening credits, and then cut to the hospital. Because she she passed out just before the opening credits. Yep. And so they... It's almost like some they have a lookout with a damn periscope, because they had that stretcher ready the second they walked through the door. I'm sorry, this was a level of competence that you don't see in any emergency room. <laughs> no. Unless it's, it's a on level of competence you only see in Hollywood in TV emergency rooms. emergency rooms, exactly. <laughs> and they had the obligatory nurse being like, "I'm sorry, you can't come back here. You can't come back here." I don't know the few times that I've been to the ER, the kind of attitude that I've always received was just kind of, "Are you sure you need to be here? 
right, I need your signature here. My hand has been cut off. Can you use your other hand, sir? <laughs> just just rub the nub on the paper and, and, and use that to sign. <laughs> well, it looks like you've got the bleeding kind of under control for the moment. We have three other people in front of you in line. <laughs> I've heard that there's videos of people dying in the emergency room waiting to be seen. That is fucking awful. Yeah. Our fucking goddamn healthcare system is awful. It is. Yeah. I have comments on that later. Fight us, <laughs> please. So they call uh, Giles and Joyce and don't tell Joyce what's going on because... God forbid Joyce knows what's going on with her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Giles gets there first. They're hanging out in the waiting room. Joyce comes in. Buffy's okay, but has to stay at the hospital because mm-hmm. apparently she was running a fever. Joyce is unnecessarily short with the nurse who's really just trying to explain to her what's going on. Yeah. She's like, damn it, is my daughter okay? I really just need you to simmer this down into one word, okay or not okay. It's like, really? She was trying to be more specific, but whatever. But they're wheeling Buffy from the ER to a normal hospital room, and Buffy's kind of raving mad and somewhat delirious, doesn't want to stay at the hospital. It takes five fucking orderlies to hold her down for them to drug her. Yeah, I I honestly thought that the episode was about to go in a completely different direction because I was like, "Uh uh-oh, she's got that (laughs) mad slayer strength. I was waiting for her to throw someone into the wall. Yeah, I thought there was about to be a big fight sequence where she just fights the orderlies the rest of the episode. That would have been a better episode, frankly. Yeah. Eh, No, there's some good moments in this episode, though. Yeah. But no, yeah. there are. There are. I, I didn't really hate this episode, but there's a fuck ton to pick at. It is a funny little bit here because she's raving about the vampires and uh, the rest of the Scooby gangs are like, hey, yeah, those vampires. <laughs> it's obviously and, the fever. And Giles is like, oh, we'll, we'll get those vampires later and looks to Joyce and is like, I, I heard you're, you're supposed to just kind of play along. It's best to play along. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joyce explains that Buffy doesn't like hospitals because her cousin died in hospital. Buffy watched her cousin die. When she was eight. Yeah. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry you had to wait. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. Joyce and Giles have a nice little chat. Yeah, it's a... It's a pleasant little moment and actually like are they trying to hint at a possible like relationship between the two of them with this i don't know i mean no i i didn't think so all i could think throughout this entire scene what does joyce think giles is doing with buffy why is he always around what excuse did they give her i don't know but is he did they tell her that he's like her advisor or mentor of some sort i i i think so but this is the first time that giles is around that joyce just kind of goes with it and accepts it yeah i and i just i honestly just can't remember how that came to pass important question because i didn't even know is giles wearing his hospital scarf no, I don't think he was. Damn it. Damn. I was really hoping that would be a law of, of the Buffy verse. Oh, well. I didn't look. I totally forgot about yeah. that. Good call. <laughs> it just huh. popped into my head just now. That's unfortunate. So we can no longer tell if Giles is in a hospital based on whether or not he's wearing his hospital ascot. Right. <laughs> we'll have to leave that to Fred instead. Like you guys. <laughs> Fred's always wearing an ascot. We must always be in a hospital. <laughs> that explained a lot. These sandwiches are really expensive, you guys. <laughs> They're even more expensive when you're high. I know from experience. <laughs> Pot gives me panic attacks. <laughs> so, me too. Hey. That's why it's beer with Buffy. <laughs> exactly. Now we well, if this were weed with Buffy, I don't think we'd ever get through a whole episode. No, no. We'd get like three minutes in, just, and then we'd stop talking about Buffy and go in some random direction. I was gonna say, and then we'd just giggle for <laughs> two hours. But you know who is stoned? My cat. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, we we had to drug him. It's just catnip. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But it keeps him quiet for recording. It's all right. He's he's getting more comfortable with his surroundings. Yes. So <laughs> I kind of seem to recall that Joyce. Joyce and Giles do hook up at some point in time. I don't remember. I can't remember well enough. I feel like that's a thing that happens, but... I can't remember shit about Joyce outside of uh, certain things revolving around when Dawn shows up. Yeah. And when she's no longer with us. Yeah. It'll be real interesting when we get to that part. Yeah. Back to Cordy and Xander and Willow. Cordelia is making bad jokes about plastic surgery and keeps being like, well, Buffy could at least get that thing on her face taken care of while she's here. I'm like, what thing, Cordelia? There's yeah. no thing. And there is she, no thing. She even looks at him she's like, you can't tell me you guys don't see that <laughs> thing on her face. <laughs> what thing? You can't talk about the thing. <laughs> there's a thing, Jerry. Oh, there's a thing. Oh, great, Cordy. <laughs> That's now the Cordy voice. Yeah. It fits. <laughs> yes, Cordy is Larry David. Why not? <laughs> right. From here, we cut to the nighttime where Buffy is delirious. What was it? 2.17 or 2.27 a.m.? Yeah. Buffy wakes up. And what the fuck is it about, like, people in the hospital in the movies and TV that the first thing they do when they wake up is they rip out the fucking IV? Yeah, you know, I was kind of like, hmm, I, I don't know. Because you, you don't know if that's medication or just a saline drip. You don't know. And first off, explain to me how you can rip out your IV and not bleed all over the fucking place. <laughs> yeah, I don't that know. That is a hole directly to your vein. <laughs> hmm. I don't, I'm not sure I've ever had an IV. I wouldn't know. I've never had an IV. I've donated plasma before. Mm-hmm. If you just were to pull that shit out, you'd bleed all over the fucking place. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, so she wakes up and promptly sees a creepy haunted child. Yep. So the kid walks away and immediately right behind him, we see our first instance of creepy stalker ghoul in fedora, dude. In rather dapper clothing. Yeah. With the most ridiculous. Ridiculous underbite you've ever seen. An awful, terrible <laughs> underbite. I really hope he was there for some sort of jaw surgery. Yeah, no doubt. Hmm. So yeah, excellent hallway sequence. Yep. My main question is, what the hell kind of a hospital leaves a full set of surgical tools lying unattended in a public hallway? And there's like no one fucking around. Yeah. I've been in a hospital at three in the morning before. <laughs> there are people around. Like, it's a busy fucking place, even at three in the morning. Well, I'm talking about the flashback where she's a little girl, because we we see that one well, first. Yeah. And we... This whole little sequence here is, is confusing, because she's walking down the hall, and then she gets a flashback to seeing her cousin, and then she's back in bed. And she wakes up at 227 again yeah the same time which that makes no sense because we know later that this little kid's name is ryan he was actually there and so was the ghoul in a fedora dude yep so time didn't just go in reverse yeah she didn't wake up i mean she didn't sleep for another 24 hours and wake up the next night at 2 27 a.m did she no no, it's she had she definitely hasn't been in the hospital that long. I didn't think so. Anyway, it was it was a it was a bullshit red herring. <gasps> I just remembered the joke. <laughs> I did red, too. Red herrings <laughs> and pink salmon <laughs> and fuchsia trout. <sighs> Oh, thank God. <laughs> I feel like I just took a 12-pound dump, everybody. This is amazing. <laughs> and there's one in this episode. I've been trying to think. Of <laughs> I was going to make a stupid fucking joke on the podcast for several weeks now, and I totally forgot what it was. Uh, just Basically, just different shades of red and different types of fish whenever we have a red herring to talk yeah. about. So here we have more of a more of a pink salmon yep. than a red herring, really. Definitely with- a pink. No, I think that's accurate. Pink salmon. <laughs> yeah. The with the, with the clock <laughs> thing. The clock thing makes no sense, but it's there to distract you from actually figure out what's going on as a shitty writing technique. Yep. Moving along. After Buffy wakes up, then we get her really walking down the hallway. Right. And she runs into the kid. 
that she saw in front of her doorway. He says some creepy cryptic shit. He's like, he comes at night. The grown-ups don't see him. He was with Tina. He'll come back for us. Buffy's like, who? Death. <gasps> oh, no. Death. So. Yeah. And then we also get a little bit of a look from a creepy fucking security guard who, like, eyeballs Buffy as she walks oh, yeah. by. The, like, definitely one of the bad guys' security guard. Yeah. And we establish that this doctor has got some funny stuff going on. At least at first glance, because the nurse is like, what are you doing? You're giving him a fever. And he's like, if you're questioning my thing, my techniques, take it to the board. I have and blah, 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 blah. Cut to the waiting room. Hey, got your steak, steak. Hey, got your steak. Angela shows up. I guess this is supposed to be the same night, probably around the same time that Buffy's wandering the fucking halls. Why the fuck are they sitting in the waiting room and not like her room? I yes. guess I don't. That doesn't make Other any sense. Other than the two twenty-seven a.m., I don't even want to fucking attempt to figure out the timeline. Oh of god, this. no! It's it's fucking awful. This episode. It's a futile. It's endeavor. worse than usual. This episode. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Angela shows up and. He's all up in Xander's face, and Xander's like, no, maybe you should come back during visiting hours in the daytime. This is one of my quotes of the day. Xander's response to Angel, when when Angel says, do you think for one microsecond that if I walked into Buffy's room, you'd be able to stop me? No, yeah, go, go right ahead. I didn't write down the whole thing. And Xander's response is, maybe not. Maybe that security guard couldn't either. Or the orderlies. Or those cops. But I'm kind of curious to find out. You game? And I was like, I wasn't expecting you to take it there, Xander. Fucking doodle do. That's no, amazing. Xander, in this this scene, is, this whole episode, Xander is kind of badass. <laughs> he had some good moments, definitely. This actually brings up a great fucking point. And this is actually a point that's brought up in a few different uh, novels that I've read and other shows that I've read or watched. The supernatural often tends to fear the normal people because there's just so many of them. (laughs) Because the last thing a vampire wants is a fucking mob of pitchfork and torch wielding normal people. Yeah, he's still got a certain amount of undercover to maintain. Exactly. They're, They're staring each other down. They're within fucking inches of each other's faces and shit. This is actually when I realized that Xander's on a height with Angel. Like they're about the same the same height, and I never realized that. They're before pretty now. similar in stature. Like I always thought of Angel as bigger, but yeah. they're really about the same size. Yeah. Right before Angel leaves, uh, Xander stares him down and says, "You're gonna die, and I'm gonna be there." <laughs> yeah. Forgot about that one. Angel leaves, and three breaths after Angel leaves, you can see the look on Xander's face. He's about to shit himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? He kept his fucking cool when the pressure was on. He really... And that is is exactly how you're supposed to fucking handle it. Extremely admirable. And yeah, I'm not sure I could have done the same. Very most likely could not have. But, you know... Another time, another place, another life, maybe. Yep. So and then, Angel was there, basically what this boils down to is, hey, don't forget to remind Buffy that I'm still a threat. Yep. Awesome. And that's cool. it for him in the episode. Basically, yeah. It's, I mean, really the only reason they even put this in is to keep Xander at the hospital. I guess, yeah. But they could have had many reasons for that. But, you know, I will give them this. Xander staying at the hospital for to keep an eye out for Angel on behalf of Buffy is a much better motive than if Xander wanted to stay at the hospital just because he has the heart on for Buffy that he always has. Yeah, which Cordelia kind of calls him out on. Definitely helped in that regard. Definitely more altruistic than nice guy Xander. Right. They're doing a real good job these last few episodes of pulling him away from nice guy Xander status. Yeah, he's he's slowly transitioning into more of this um, caring for and protecting his friends. Absolutely. And I can totally see the aspect of, of what is driving him here, and I'm really curious as to why he didn't even himself bring this up to Cordy later on, is that 
Buffy has saved his life so many fucking times. Yeah. And like she this she's in a vulnerable place and she needs someone who's willing to step up and fucking back her. And that's why Xander has the perfect response when he throws her own jealousy remark back in her face. Yeah. But after Angel leaves, I've got Buffy's hospital room. Buffy wakes up, nurse says to, that her fever is gone, and she's surprised to see that the swelling has gone down or something. Buffy tries to leave. Scooby Gang shows up. Buffy heals fast. The nurse comments on how fast she heals. Great fucking line here between Willow and Buffy. They're like giving Buffy gifts, and Willow hands Buffy her homework. And Buffy says something along the lines of, you know, chocolate could be good. Willow's goes, I did all your homework. All you have to do is sign it all. <laughs> and she says, chocolate means nothing to me. <laughs> because you know what? That is the gift that truly keeps on giving. Doing your fucking homework. Absolutely. Everyone gives gives her something except Cordy. And Cordy's like, I didn't even know I was supposed to get a gift. And Giles is like, uh, it's traditional. Yeah. What did he give her? I thought he had like a bag or something that I, I didn't see what was in it. I didn't. I don't he remember. Didn't, he didn't actually didn't hand her anything. I don't know. It was basically, hey, remember that Cordelia is a piece of shit, everybody. Hi, whatever. But she actually tells that or starts to tell them about the demon thing that she saw. But the nurse comes in. So she's like, oh, let's take a walk outside. So we get a new location. Thank God. Hooray. As they're outside the hospital and Buffy gives them the rundown. It's the calm before the storm of the Hall Hallmageddon. Yes. <laughs> the Hallmageddon is coming. <laughs> so Buffy gives them the rundown of what she saw last night. Yep. And so essentially death. She thinks some form of death is stalking the children because that's what the children think. Willow's like, oh, does he have an hourglass? And Sanders like, if he asks you to play chess, don't do it. I hear he's like a whiz or something. <laughs> Cordy completely just steamrolls over all that and just lays it out. So Buffy's theorizing that, that it might not really be death. It might just be some kind of monster. And Cordelia says, so this isn't about you being afraid of hospitals because your friend died and uh, wanting to conjure up a monster so that you can save everybody and not feel so helpless? And Giles says, Cordelia, have you ever actually heard of tact? Tact is just not saying true stuff. I'll pass. Yeah. Cordy, you speak to me in this line. I, I really did appreciate that. <laughs> no, it it really solidifies the core of the character, I think, and really helps the viewer understand where she's coming from because... She doesn't have any tact. She doesn't fucking care to. Yeah. <laughs> and that certainly sums up Cordelia. And I, there's merit in that, though. Absolutely. No, that's because really the first time that we get any real insight into what's making her tick. Exactly. And I like that. It's rounding out the character very nicely. Mm-hmm. You mean besides me? No. I didn't ask. You mean, you, you mean besides me? Do you believe? We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. And so next scene, in a random office, because Xander offers to help. He's it's a file room. Yeah, they're looking through files for evidence regarding the death of this little girl, Tina, that Ryan was talking about, the, and little, the little boy. Cordy is haranguing Xander about being so gung-ho to help Buffy. I get some of Cordy's points here, but everyone should want to help Buffy because Buffy's always fucking right. Also, like, she's really their their best line of defense against the supernatural yeah, on the Hellmouth. Exactly. Yeah. But Xander's like, oh, this will be cake in and out. And I'm really disappointed that that didn't backfire. <laughs> right? They didn't. Ba I mean, it almost did. Almost. You know, the, the creepy security guard oh, shows God. up and she's able to oh, sex yeah. her way out of it, basically. Cordy and, and Xander, they're bickering a little bit, but Xander's like, you go over there and look, I'll go over here and look. Immediately, hey, you can't be here. Yep. And then we cut away. Quick cut to the library. Yep. Uh, where Giles and Willow 
Giles is expressing doubt that maybe Buffy doesn't really know. He gives a bit of credence to what Cordelia is saying, and Willow reminds him that they do live on the Hellmouth, and he's like, oh, oh, right, sometimes children do see things that we don't, our true selves. And so they decide to look up the creepy doctor that Buffy mentioned yep. and see what's going on with him. Cut back to the random, to the to the file room. Yeah, this fucking guy. I have eight years experience as a security guard. <laughs> yeah, this guy's a terrible fucking security guard. But here's the thing. I have worked with this fucker. <laughs> Not him, obviously, but I've worked with this guy. I've worked with the guy who thinks that being a security guard is a fucking career. I've worked with the guy who is a security guard because he couldn't make it as a cop. I've worked with the guy, this guy, who is a security guard because he couldn't make it as a fireman. Have you worked with a guy who's a security guard who worships a doctor because he thinks they no, understand the, quite. the truth about children? <laughs> that sometimes they die? Yeah. Jesus Christ, What right? the hell was that fuchsia trout about? <laughs> Goddamn. Fuchsia's a bit too bright for this. I think it, it was more of a... Burgundy Barracuda? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Cordy is laying it on thick. And this guy, this guy, oh my God, he just eats it up. Yeah. I have questions. Can he not tell that she is a high schooler? Obviously, she doesn't look like a high school because she's like 20-something because that's how high schoolers in this fucking show are are portrayed. Yeah. But, like, (laughs) he is a middle-aged man, and, like, she is a high schooler. I mean, I think his character was supposed to be a middle-aged man, but I think that guy was honestly in his mid-20s. Maybe. Also, she wasn't dressed like, well, maybe she was dressed like a high schooler. She looks older than a high schooler. She acts a hell of a lot older than a high schooler. Especially, I don't know what it is, but she definitely seems to have matured so much in such a short amount of time. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just the way they dress her now. She looks older now than she did in the first season. Yeah. By by a lot more than one year seems to... I really think it's because they're giving her more serious lines and we're getting a lot more close-ups of her not just doing her two-dimensional routine. No, you know what? I'll, I'll believe that, yeah. That I, makes sense. I really feel like that's what it is. Because a lot of that shit is um, way more stuff that we read into subconsciously that we don't realize. Yeah, definitely. But holy shit, this guy, she realizes that Xander is right behind him and needs to sneak out with files that he has in in his hands. And she is like being all touchy feely with him. And she's like, you have the perfect nose and like touches his nose. And he like growls at her and shit. It's, it was dumb. She distracts oh, him so long. Creepy. She distracts him long enough for Xander to get out, and they give us another thing to latch onto and be like, "Ooh, maybe he's the bad guy." Yeah. And then absolutely nothing comes of it. Nothing. It's really annoying. Definitely a burgundy barracuda. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's so many colorful fish in this episode. I know, right? <laughs> so. Out to the hallway where Xander is waiting with the files and Cordy comes around the corner. I kind of wanted to know how much longer she was in there. Yeah. I mean, how did she get away without having to give him, like, at least a fake phone number? Yeah. Seriously. But Cordy is annoyed with Xander. Xander... First, Xander is a little bit jealous about how she was all flirty with the security guard, despite the fact that she was obviously saving his ass. Cordy is also jealous about Xander being protective over Buffy, and it's the same shit again. Yeah, she's like, oh, right, your obsession with protecting Buffy. Have I told you how attractive that's not? Xander's like, Cordelia, someone's got to watch her back. Yeah, well, I've seen you watch her back. And I was like, did she? Did she? She did. Did She did. She did. She definitely meant looking at her ass. Because she explicitly says so. Explicitly explains <laughs> immediately thereafter. I like the Which... phrasing. Explicitly explains. Because <laughs> Xander's like, what's that supposed to mean? Oh, I think you, oh, I think you know, Xander. <laughs> well, I was using the phrase, watch her back, as a euphemism for looking at her butt. There's just something about the way she said it that yes. cracks me up for looking at her butt. I just, I loved it. I, I like that 
they took the the serious tone down yeah from this they de-escalated before the end of this scene because it was like really guys do we really need to be fighting about this yep. right and now her, and her exit is solid because she's like fine watch my back and she walks away and, and he does he takes it all in as he should it's his girlfriend for fuck's sake yeah. this is absolutely acceptable that is his right to look at her ass Goddamn right <laughs> and so this is where he de-escalates the scene by using her own words against her yep because she's complaining that he's you know looking at buffy's butt and always obsessing over protecting her he's like jealous if she yeah. can accuse him of being jealous over some doofus of a security guard for no good reason flippantly so cut to random hallway <laughs> number 18 no, this is B24. Shit. <laughs> I had the schematic upside down. God damn it. Every time. <laughs> so Buffy tracks down this kid, Ryan. So he's working on drawing with crayons, this creepy yep. rendering of Mr. Goblin Fedora. Uh, she tells him that he's not going to let... She's not going to let the bad guy get to the kids. I'm not going to let anybody hurt you because I'm a good guy and I fight the bad guys. And he's like, very matter of factly, you can't fight death. Nope. He's all ready for his 30s, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he grew up too quickly, little man. Oh, well. We're right there with you, Ryan. <laughs> right there. You can't fight death. That's why you drink beer. Somebody get that <laughs> somebody get that boy a drink. Damn. <laughs> Cut to the library again. The library on the computer. So I actually paused it. And wrote down the list of offenses that show up on the screen for this doctor. It looked like they were pretty much the same as what she said. No, it's worse. Huh. So what she said was controversial experiments, risky procedures, and a malpractice suit. Okay? Yeah. What else was on the list was abuse of lab services... Improper use of NIH funds, that's national something health funds. Yeah. Like national funding. Christ. <laughs> State board ethics violation, colon, cloning. <laughs> <laughs> DEA investigation of Schedule 4 drug abuses. I looked it up. Schedule 4 drug abuses include Xanax, Valium, and Clonopin. Excellent. She named the three things that are like the lightest on yeah. the list. <laughs> and so they conclude, as they should, that the doctor is death. Because the, the theory they're working on is that kids can sometimes see the true nature of a person. Absolutely. So uh, we've got a pink salmon in the clock making us think that it's just a dream. Yep. Uh, we've got a, a burgundy barracuda in the, the security guard who is pretty creepy and says some weird shit about dead kids. We've got this motherfucking doctor. I... I I want to say unless it is the name of a red fish I am going to smack you with this beer bottle. It is. But I want to say that I we should actually call this one a red herring. Because it actually is a red herring and they actually do it with some amount of suspense for once. What are you looking up? Hmm. Are you looking up the definition of red herring? No. What are you looking up? The name of another random fish. <laughs> um, the 20 weirdest fish in the ocean. Here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> anglerfish? I think that's the first one that showed up. So here we have a maroon anglerfish. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's actually a good red herring in this, in this doctor. Fine. Because Angel can be the maroon anglerfish. Yeah. 
There we go. Fine. So from here, we cut to the waiting room where Cordy brings donuts and coffee to Xander. He's an ass and doesn't say thank you at all. Just takes them. My first thought was that's way too much sugar. Well, it's like 3 a.m. or some shit. Also, they're high schoolers. There's no such thing as too much sugar in high school. Exactly. So Buffy kind of stalks Dr. Backer as he visits the kids. But she does, She obviously must hang back because we see a little bit of the doctor like going over his notes and everything. And he walks across the hospital to the kid's ward to administer some medicine. We see Buffy kind of lurking in the background. And she's he, a lurker. She's a lurker. Well, she did learn from the best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall ever meeting Buffy, but... <laughs> But she can have lurking lessons from me any day of the week. It was up until this moment that I actually thought that the doctor was the bad guy. Right. And he goes to dose one of the kids and that like we think that he's making the kids sick. But no, he gets attacked by some invisible thing that just tears him the fuck apart. Sounds like this thing did the country a favor, honestly. He was helping the kids, though. Sure. Like, using experimental methods in ways that, like, you know, the Nazis did to people to discover how fucking hypothermia worked and shit. (laughs) Right. But still, he was helping the kids. Yeah. 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 And, like, dude, this is a good ways through the episode that they actually kept the suspense going for once. This is a big fucking deal for this show. Okay. That's true. But Buffy watches him get dragged out of the room and tries to help him and then gets slammed against the wall by something she can't see. Mm -hmm. And she's still sick, so she can't easily give chase. But the doctor just gets dragged down the fucking hallway by this invisible invisible thing. Entity. Yeah. So I could just imagine them filming that scene. I'm fairly certain how they did this was he just... He lifted up his arms, and they had him on some sort of plank that they were pulling with rope or string. See, I didn't really think too much into it, but yeah, that that definitely... Because his arms didn't look like he he was being dragged. No, there was no actual force pulling on his arms. No. There was something sliding him down the hallway. I think it would have been better if they had actually, like, used a rope or something and then, like, edited it out in post. Because oh, they could do that. If they, like, use a blue rope and then yeah. blue screen it. Sure. Yeah, something like that. But I, this was This passable. was low budget TV. Yeah. Yeah. Totally passable. And that's not a bad way of going about it. I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it. Anyway. But, so we cut to Buffy's room where they're discussing the situation. Her hospital room. Yep. Her, yeah, sorry. Her hospital room. <laughs> where they're discussing the situation. Buffy tells Joyce she needs to stay another day. Um, no, no, no. Hold on. The, Joyce walks in, interrupting the secret meeting, and she says, oh, am I interrupting the secret meeting? And Cordelia is <laughs> like, no, you sure didn't. <laughs> Almost exactly in that same tone. Well played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Buffy deploys the troops. After she gets rid of Joyce. Yep. Because Joyce runs off to tell the nurse that Buffy needs to stay. We get this funny bit, though, where Buffy is divvying up everyone's task. And she's like, oh, Willow, you need to come with me because I, you know, you know, doctory stuff. And <laughs> Willow's like, yeah, I, I can help with that. I We played doctor when we were kids. And Xander steps in and says, no, she, she means we actually played doctor. Yeah, like, no, we... We literally <laughs> diagnosed each other with actual medical she, she issues. She had medical and texts and everything. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to tell her she was doing it wrong. And Willow's like, how was I doing it wrong? <laughs> how do you play doctor? <laughs> and everyone just clams right up and just like, okay, moving on. Let's fight this demon. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Anybody? That's less uncomfortable than talking about sex. Out in the hallway... Giles and Xander and Cordy are walking away from the room. And this is one of my quotes of the day. Xander's like, I got to stay here on Angel Watch. 
looks to Cordy and says, Cordy, you go, you go with Giles. Why, why do I have to? Uh, good thinking, Xander. I could use a research assistant. <laughs> Let's go, tact guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like here in this scene, and there, there's a couple moments throughout this episode where Xander takes control. It, it's a good representation of when somebody knows what the fuck needs to be done, and they just lay out what everyone knows needs to be done. Yeah, the first time, I had to turn this one back a couple of times, because I thought Xander was, like, being kind of bossy at first, and I thought Giles was protesting to Xander, having to take directions from Xander. Right. But he was protesting to having to take Cordelia with him, (laughs) which is way funnier. But, you know, he recognizes that it was definitely a good idea. And Cordelia is of more use to him than he is than she is to Xander as a lookout by far. So the hunt is on. The hunt is on. In random hallway number 8,372. It's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds, and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah, you're the Slayer, and we're like the Slayerettes. Oh, please. Ryan opens his door and spots the creepy security guard. Yep, or Rogaine boy. Rogaine boy coming down the hallway. And then we immediately cut away from that. I I didn't look up who the actor for the security guard is, but I've seen him in so many things. Really. He's very Weasley. He is. He's he's a we- very Weasley man. They must have cast a real weasel. Yeah. <laughs> this but then, weasel passes for human very nicely. Yeah. And then we cut to the, the doctor's office. Buffy and Willow are sneaking in. They figure out very quickly that he was, in fact, trying to cure the children. Yep. I didn't bother writing down how. Um, It's actually a legitimate medical practice, but uh, questionable. Um, he was basically giving weakened versions of the same thing that was making them sick. In order to spike yeah. their fever. Because, I mean, fevers are specifically a way the body fights disease. Like yeah. That, it is a side effect. Uh, the body does it to itself to fight the disease. So Yeah. It's trying to spike their fevers so that they can uh, blow out this virus or whatever. Yep. So then we cut to the library. Yes, Cordy's asking Giles one too many questions. And the the first one, she's like, what's this? And he explains it's a demon that extracts vital organs to replenish his own mutating cells. That was the bad guy from the puppet episode. (laughs) You're right. The one about the incisors one to like engulf a head. Elongates its jaw. Right. I don't know if that one ever comes up, but I hope it does because that is funny. Yeah. That sounds familiar, but it might not necessarily be from Buffy. Right. I've seen a lot of other shows with shit like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you watch Supernatural for fuck's sake. Yeah. So finally, Cordy's like, Who? what's this one do? And he says, it asks endless questions <laughs> of those it should be working with so that nothing gets done. Wow, there's a demon for everything. So Cordy just happens to what? be looking at this book. The fuck? obviously Giles pulled the book off the fucking shelf for Cordy. You know Cordy didn't pull it off the fucking shelf. Yeah, do you think he didn't fucking see the cover of that book before? (laughs) Right. Whatever. So it just happens to be the book about this exact demon with all the information they could possibly need. Which is even funnier because Cordy was like, well, it's definitely not in here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's called Der Kinderstadt. Der Kinderstadt. I didn't... It basically um, is just German for it, dead children, child death. It directly translates in German. I looked it up to the child's death. Okay. So, you know, it works. And it's explained to Buffy over the phone by Giles that... Uh, May I? Yeah, go right so ahead. The Kinderstadt gorges by sitting atop his prey, putting it down helplessly while he slowly draws out their life. It must be horrifying for the victim. And Buffy flashes back to her cousin dying. We didn't realize before that her cousin died screaming and looking like she's trying to push something off of her. Holy shit. So now it's personal for Buffy. Glad they shoehorned that in there. 
Yeah. That's fun. They didn't really... They definitely didn't need to have that. It sure did fill it out, though. I guess. Go them. So... They had way too many fucking flashbacks with that shit. Buffy's in her hospital room talking to Willow. Yep. And... They're like, gee, golly gosh, how did I see him? I mean, I was so feverish. <gasps> oh. And their Buffy's broken <laughs> idea is she's going to dose herself with the medicine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give myself a fever. Oh. <laughs> Bring the virus sauce. <laughs> Sauce. Yes. Oh, that sounds spicy. <laughs> <laughs> so they go back to Dr. Backer's office, open his fridge and pull out the virus. Buffy almost drinks the whole fucking vial. Good thing Willow was there. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Jesus, goddamn Christ. And she puts a single drop <laughs> of it into a whole glass of water. I want to mention that Willow specifically says, um, how are you going to fight him with a fever of 107? I I looked this up because I wanted to know how high of a fever a person can have before they actually fucking die. Before they get brain damage, at least. Which, death almost always occurs at a fever of 111. Oh, ouch. 107 is the moment that someone with fever goes delirious. Oh, nice. Willow was actually quoting the exact temperature that Buffy would have to be to be delirious to see the fucking demon. Damn. That is some clever fucking writing, dude. That is. (laughs) That means I've had a fever of 107 before because I've been delirious. Yeah. That's terrifying. Right? Oh, my God. You were four fucking digits away from death. Damn, that's terrifying. Like, they, I guess they say that if you're at 104, you better fucking be in the goddamn hospital. Yeah. <laughs> no, the last... I had strep throat a few years ago, and my roommate at the time, he was like, dude, you've had a fever of like 103 for like two days now. We're going to the fucking ER. And I was like, okay. <laughs> The worst fever I ever had was 103, hmm. but I was at 103 for three fucking days straight, yeah. which is terrifying. So anyway, not fun. No. <laughs> so they run straight to the children's ward. All the kids are gone. Yep. Cut to all the children running through the basement in a darkened, dank hallway. Yep. Number three gabillion. People in places like this really need to understand how to seal a fucking basement. Well, there just happens to be basement access directly from the children's ward. What? And the door isn't locked? No. No. But we get this moment. it's clearly marked. Yeah. We get this moment where... Buffy's like, I think I see him, and the and the demon fucking materializes in her vision as she becomes delirious while standing there, and he notices that she sees him, tips his hat, and strolls into the basement. It's the only place the kids could be. I want to give a f- some fucking props to Ryan, though. This kid who gathered all the fucking other kids in the ward up and, like, got them to leave and run away. Mm-hmm. That is a ballsy fucking kid, man. Pretty ballsy. (laughs) Which is why he's the first one to get grabbed immediately after saying, We'll be safe here. Yeah. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you had to wait. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. So the goddamn nurse gets in the way. (laughs) I love this because the nurse like grabs Buffy and is like, we need to get you back to your room. And Buffy just kind of tosses her. (laughs) Yeah. And Willow's like, she's sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And they run off. The nurse calls security. And the next scene... We know now that Willow uh, really does have something against frogs. It, it's a good fucking callback to her frog fear. Because the security guards get there. They don't fully know who they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And she just like, frogs! 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 They're all over me! Frogs! Frogs! 
And and <laughs> Buffy runs off. Don't tell the frogs. <laughs> frogs with it. <laughs> the nurse shows up. The nurse. The n- the nurse shows up and she's like, "No, the other one." And <laughs> Willow looks at the two security guards. There were frogs. <laughs> I. <sighs> The nurse points off into the direction that Buffy is, and the security guards run off, and she doesn't even go with them or explain anything. Also, how the fuck did she know where Buffy went? She wasn't even in the fucking hallway when Buffy ran off in that direction. Yeah, totally incompetent. But yeah, Kinderstad catches the kids. Mm Mm-hmm. While running to the basement, Buffy runs into Xander. Xander helps her along. We get this great line. One of my quotes of the day is they're going down the stairs into the basement. Uh-huh. Xander's like, you don't know how to kill this thing. Buffy responds with, thought I might try violence. Solid call. <laughs> <laughs> so so the kids are trying to hide in, a, in an alcove or a corner in the basement. Yeah. And Freddie Jr. is coming down the, the hallway, scraping his, his big, long, gross fingers on the wall. Yep. But Jesus fucking Christ. I legitimately had to pause the fucking video and take a moment. <laughs> Kinderstad grabs Ryan and throws him and then walks up and pins him on the ground and then tries to eat him with his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I kudos for imaginative points here. The effects after the initial like look of his eyes opening up were awful. But the the idea that his eyes are his mouths is fucking creepy. <laughs> well, that they come out like these snakes with the with the round teeth. Yeah, they're like tentacle thing tentacle yeah, yeah, eyeball blah. <laughs> It was very shocking. It's very unsettling. Very. I had to take a moment. (laughs) I had to take a moment. I mean, fuck, you heard me. I paused it. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I fucking yelled out loud. Yeah. Reminds me of playing Amnesia (laughs) The Dark Descent where I I couldn't play it for 15 minutes in the middle of the day in a public place. No shit, right? Sitting at the counter and leaping backwards going shit and everybody around me is like oh my god did the <laughs> did a weasel just bite you in the ass what's going on there were a few times i was sitting there and it was like are you okay <laughs> <laughs> so buffy fights this thing and xander grabs the kids and like shuttles them away and then comes back immediately like he didn't walk them down the fucking hallway back to the main hospital I do like that we get a, a little bit of of Xander seeing the fight where he can't see the bad guy. That oh, was yeah. clever. Invisible fight. Um, but the worst fucking part about this whole goddamn sequence is the screaming fucking children. <laughs> yeah. I could hear it through your headphones. It was. It's awful. <laughs> and it's like, don't get me wrong. The, like, what, five or six children they had here? Those little fuckers know how to scream. Like, I could I could tell why they cast them. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. But goddamn, you do not need six screaming children in a five-minute fucking scene. <laughs> and they're screaming the whole fucking time. It's awful. I don't do well with screaming children. <laughs> Clearly. So she snaps its neck about as unceremoniously yep. as Angel snapped Calendar's neck. Yeah. Except it, it was slightly more obvious that that was what she had done. That was really my issue with Angel snapping Calendar's neck is it took me a moment to realize that's what he had done. Well, it was because of the way they cut it. It yeah. was multiple angles that they, they showed it. Yeah. And they showed it a couple of times. It just, yeah, it really ruined that kind of the realism to it. But anyway. this... He the Kinderstad pins her down, and obviously he's of the mind. Oh, I'm gonna eat her life force the yeah. same way he does all the other things. And it she tries to eat Buffy. It's like no, you don't fuck with Buffy like that. And he just, <laughs> she just snaps its neck. Yeah, she was like, oh, way to make yourself completely vulnerable to me right now. Yeah, yeah. And so then we cut to Buffy's bedroom, 
at their house. She's out of the hospital. Joyce brings in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with the crusts cut off. Buffy is sad that it doesn't have crunchy peanut butter. And Willow wants another drink. And fucking Xander's like, oh, and we need more cheesy crackers. And he's drinking a Surge. Oh, is he? I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, fuck Surge. (laughs) Man, there's some heart palpitations in a bottle. I know, right. (laughs) Definitely. Damn. I could drink that stuff when I was his age. They discontinued it for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. And then they brought it back. He says to Joyce, hey, we need more cheesy crackers. And she's like, well, you ate the last bag. And he's like, oh, no, there's another bag behind the such and such. And behind he, the raisins. Yeah, behind the raisins. And Joyce is like, okay, and then walks out of the room. First off, she's taking these whiny fucking needy ass children well. <laughs> like, Buffy's the only one sick for fuck's sake. Xander turns over, turns to look at, at Buffy and says, your mom's trying to bogart the cheesy chips. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. And Joyce comes back in with a uh, a letter for Buffy, and it's from Ryan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a decent fucking crayon drawing of her killing the fucking demon. I really hope they had an actual kid to draw this. I right. Like I mean, they could have just had me draw it, and it would <laughs> it would have would have come out about the same, really. Yeah. <laughs> it it really would have. It might have come out worse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but but the closing line of the episode is oh he drew you a picture how nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like buffy or damn it joyce when are you gonna figure this out she has gotta have her head in the sand That's, man <laughs> doesn't even ask any questions about it none why does this child equate you with bloody dead corpses <laughs> or associate you with them in any way. Oh man. It was it was a wonderful moment. Anyway. Gerarg. Gerarg. Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. Someone gets a chainsaw. Someone gets a chainsaw. You are the one to get the How'd you feel about the episode? There's some decent Cordelia growth. Character growth. Definitely. Definitely that. The red herring was actually solid. It was, For once. Yeah. The there actu- was actual suspense. The actual red herring. <laughs> Not the... What was it? The fuchsia trout or something? The, there, well, there was a fucking burgundy barracuda. Okay, yeah. Fuchsia trout. Maroon anglerfish? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of colorful fish in this episode. What, uh, <laughs> cherry bluegill. Fucking cherry bluegill. <laughs> that one cracks me up. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the actual... Because... Well, I never really thought it was the doctor. I was like, it's never the first one you suspect. Right, but... I mean, we know that because they do that a lot in this show. Yeah, However, though, for once... Before, in every other fucking episode, they would carry on the storyline like oh there it might be the doctor but they'd already shown us that it wasn't the doctor so the question of it might be the doctor is only suspenseful for the fucking characters this is the first time that they didn't show us the viewers specifically that it wasn't the doctor they had already shown us the monster kind of sort of right but we didn't know for sure absolutely positively that it wasn't a hallucination because she was sick. I think if they had not had the weirdness with the clock, it would have been a they would have delivered the hallucination a little bit better. Maybe. I enjoyed a few moments here and there, but for the most part I felt like the plot and the monster were totally lackluster. You know, monster of the week. What are you going to do? Yeah, lots of hallways. It was a very creative monster of the week though. 
Like, I I thought the monster itself was very good. Yeah. And I like the idea of a monster that only kids can see. Sure. And it it's interesting to me that the ones that can see the monster are the ones it preys on. Mm-hmm. That, that, like, obviously fear is a, a, a goal of the monster. That's, that's creative, I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The design of the monster I thought was pretty fucking good. The creepiness of the fucking eye mouth bullshit. That was really good. That was fantastic. That pretty much made the episode for me. It didn't even remotely dawn on me how fucking creepy it would be when that thing actually fed. I, you know, I listened to the description that Giles gave and everything. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that does sound terrifying. But no, it was way more terrifying to even see it with the shitty effects that they had. Definitely. But I, I pretty much rank this episode up there with Inca Mummy Girl and Reptile Boy. I give it a little bit more credit. It's than that. the better of those three. Yeah, but on definitely the same, that on the same tier. So you want to do quotes of the day? My quote of the day. I'm gonna go with the exchange between Xander and Buffy as they're heading to kill the monster. The you don't know how to kill this thing. Thought I might try violence. Solid call. I almost chose that myself. Good one. I think I'm going to go with my my second place choice is the what Xander said to Angel about, well, maybe the security guard. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can't. Maybe the security guard. I'm surprised you didn't pick that one. Well, I'm going to go with Cordelia's line. So this isn't about you being afraid of hospitals because your friend died and wanting to conjure up a monster (laughs) so you can save everybody and not feel so helpless. Tact is just not saying true stuff. I'll pass. Yeah. I like that one, too. I almost picked that one. Yeah, because I think that was a pivotal moment for her character. This is one of those lines that this show does so well that they can encapsulate the purity of a character in one fucking line with one solid delivery. Yeah. And that, yeah, definitely it. Cool. Well, well, well. Looks like... Looks like we're at the end of another episode. This has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Beer with Buffy. Like us on Facebook. Toss us a review on iTunes. If you want to contact us for any reason, thoughts, comments, concerns, email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail. Our phone number is 269-743-0783. And we also have a Patreon if you feel like supporting us financially in any way. Just go to www.patreon.com slash beer with Buffy. No spaces, all lowercase. As always, thank you again, Benjamin Alexander, for all of our fantastic transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. done why are we watching this <laughs>